music and Marla, that song is really perfect for what we've been talking about. Because we all have in our mind, Christmas has got to be perfect, and then suddenly life crushes in, and you got to figure out a plan B. And so, as we've been talking about, I'm not going to give you a scripture reference. He's going to have some up there, but we're going to go to a lot of different areas today as we uh, finish our series on I Heard the Bells. And I encourage you to listen to that song again. If, if the movie's still out, which I think it is right now, to go see it. Or when it comes out on digital, I encourage you to see it. Uh, but the power of that song, we ask the question, can we really have peace on earth? And in our flesh, and the way things look from the outside, without spiritual eyes, I would say no. But I hope, as we've been talking about the sounds of Christmas, we talked about the familiar sound, that that's why we hope for peace. Because we were designed with the relationship with God, our relationship with nature was in balance, all these things were good in the garden. And so we long for that. We know what the proper taste of peace sounds like. And this is why we're disgruntled in it and don't have peace. And we talked about the fallen sound, the fact that God gave free will and we don't want to be automatons or robots, but the fact that the choice of sin, the curse were cast. And, and then we talked about the, but then we go to now, I, I heard the bells were loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. And we talked about that last week, the future sound of what we celebrate today, that for centuries they were waiting for Christ. And those that have sat in darkness have seen a great light. The coming of Christmas, the coming of the cross, the crushing of Satan, all through Christ. And so that brings us to the final sound. Same question, can we really have peace on earth? And all creation hears and is made for peace and longs for peace and groans for peace. But Romans 8, 20 verses through... Uh, verse, 20 through 25 says this, all creation was subject to brutality, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into this glorious uh, freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation had been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves have the spirit as the first fruits. We also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Verse 25 is where we're at. We're going to have peace on earth, but not right now, and we'll get into how we can strive for godly peace, but we can choose to be fearful, or we can choose to hear the future sound of peace. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So you know what he wants. Your, uh, your, your action step to today is hear the future sound. Hear the future sound of peace. In the song, he goes on to say, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And we don't just take what the writer said there. Now we go to the Christmas story and we see Luke uh, 2 verses 8 through 10 and then we'll look at verse 12 and verse 14 and we see who the angels and God comes to first he comes to the stinky smelly separated shepherds nobody wanted to be around them they were considered unclean and they had one of the most important jobs was to raise the lambs for the temple for the sacrifice 
and the sacrifice pointed to the final sacrifice, which would be Christ. And then, isn't it awesome that there are no outcasts with God? In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the, high, in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. The outcasts are now first. The good news of great joy that we talked about last week in Genesis 3.15. That his head will be crushed. That his heel will be bruised. The fact that Jesus will crush Satan and death, hell, and the grave. And the sign of a baby we're just too used to this. But any of you that have been on a farm, you're not going to put a baby in a feed trough. And it's going to be unusual. And he's wrapped and tied to be warmed in swaddling clothes. And he's lying in a manger. I think that would make sure that that's not, he didn't say go to the hospital and it'll be the one in row five when you look at the babies. No, this is kind of pretty exact stuff. A sign was given, a message we've been talking about, the sound of this, the familiar, the, the following, the future, and the final now. Glory to God. All glory. Peace on earth. Goodwill. God's grace for all. Your first fill-in goes about the word bell. Yes, we'll finish up with that. Hoping for the final sound means knowing that the baby in the manger brings peace. We've heard that before. That nothing's going to bring us peace other than Christ coming to this earth. And so we need to start with that. And today, as you have your Christmas time pointing to the reason for the season, it's been so watered down and diluted and piled everything in. And Satan tries to cover it up with all this other stuff. But guess what? Christmas means Christ matters. And it's about Jesus coming. And we need to remind people that. Don't have to do it in a weird way, just the fact that, hey, here's me. So right now, it seems like it's far off. And as we talked about in Romans, he talked about we wait for it, we hope for it in faith. But Revelations 21.1 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and the sea was no more. That's when we will have peace on earth. Again, I'll get to it. I'll get to your application. doesn't mean, we, hey, let's let everybody fight. And we're not going to have peace now because Christ has to come we'll have to, and return. We have to be taken up. And, have, and then we'll have a new heaven and earth after everything's destroyed. We'll get to the application. But your next fill-in is this. Hearing the final sound means this. Eventually there will be peace. You need to understand that. We're hearing the, the final sound. The clock is ticking down. This is God's grace. He wants all to be saved and none to perish. John 14, 27 says this, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross and to die and to be buried, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. You need to hold on to that. John 14, 27, because here's the problem we've been dealing with. We've been going with the world's definition of peace. And this is why we're already groaning. We know what real peace tastes like. Those of us that were raised right, you know what homemade tastes like. 
I'm not trying to put my kids down, but the fact that younger generations sometimes we're raised with people cooking, and people are cooking more now, but us that are older and fatter, we know what homemade tastes like, and we know what butter tastes like, and we know what fake versus real tastes like, i.e. baking grease and stuff. Go for it, okay? All right? But here's the, here's the, here's the deal. That's how we are. That's how we are with peace. We want the saccharine. We want the artificial. We long for the real taste. This isn't right. Something's off. And this is why we need to stop measuring peace by the fact that everybody's getting along. Measuring peace by everybody likes what I said, or I'm going to keep my mouth shut so they will like what I said. All right. But peace, harmony with God, Christ peace, not the world. It's not temporary. It's eternal. No more trouble. He says, don't get upset. He says, don't be afraid. Because he left his peace. Do you think Jesus, if he went by the world's definition of peace with what he went through, would have peace? No. This is why we're looking at the final sound. It hasn't been fulfilled, but we know. Christ has left us with his peace so we don't have to get upset and, and live in fear. Why and how is Christ our peace? John 16, says this. I've told you these things again. I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. Explanation point. I have conquered the world. But yet we listen to the devil yapping at our feet and the stuff going on, and we don't hear what Jesus is saying. I've overcome. Don't hide. Be courageous. Conquered the world. Christ told us, Christ left us with a message. The key to peace is being in Him. John 15, 5. I am the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You've got to be in Christ. You've got to be connected to Christ. You've got to have a relationship and salvation and, and adoption into the kingdom where you are joint heirs and you have the Holy Spirit. And then you've got, as we talk about, Dan's going to fill in for me next week. And then we're going to start a series for quite a while on what we believe. And we're going to start with the Word. But we've got to be in the living Word, Jesus Christ. And we've got to be in the physical Word, the Bible, His love leather. And not just knowing it, but applying it to our lives, walking in Him we live. We move, we have our being. The only way we're going to have peace is if we abide in Christ. I'm telling you, I mention that a lot, but we do not give the 23rd Psalm credit. We just focus on it in funerals, and it's like, you know, the other day I was having a spiritual talk with God. You know, he, wasn't talk, he was talking through his word, but it's like I was trying to get my, uh, uh, my, my good attitude together and stuff I was going to be facing, and I went through this whole list of scriptures, and you know, he was talking to me about the fact of all these things I'm going to provide for you. And it doesn't matter what your situation is. You can sit down in the presence of your enemies and eat a meal. Focusing on God's peace. Focusing on his provision. All the days of our lives, regardless of our situation. And so when, when, we, when we abide in him, we can be courageous. We can be comforted. We can have cheer. And we can, we can be of good cheer because Christ has conquered. He has gained victory over, over everything. And this is what Romans 8, verses 35 through 39 says. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? 
can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever's going on in your life right now, Jesus wins. I am not mad. I am sick of the devil lying to people. And us Christians need to wake up and realize this. There's victory doesn't mean your life's going to be good. Try. I'm waiting for that final sand. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And I'm trying to encourage us. I'm trying to give us a spiritual kick in the butt because Satan all the time is trying to poke us from the side and make us look at the side things, the peripheral things, instead of focusing on Jesus' wins. And nothing can separate us from God's love. God has <laughs> nothing can separate us. God has made peace for us through Christ because nothing can separate us. Romans uh, 12, verses 16 and 18 says this. Therefore, if we are more than conquerors and Christ is with us and we have his peace, then we can work on peace with everybody else. Oh, yeah, this is the one I don't like. Because we all love being at peace with Jesus. And the older we get, maybe you're different. The more it's like, okay, I'm, I'm good not being and I love people. Yeah, this is your pastor. I'm just telling you, I do love people. But people are messy. Relationships are messy. And it's easier to just deal with your relationship with Jesus. But Mark 12, 30 and 31 says, This love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Which we can stop there. But the second commandment is just as important as this. Love your neighbor as yourself. You probably need to write down Romans 12, 16 through 18. Because I memorized 18 and I don't like it. But it's what we Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. And this is the one. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. It'd be okay if it didn't say as far as it depends on you. It puts it all on us Christians. If you don't know Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit and His forgiveness. Good luck doing this, because as soon as something goes wrong, I struggle with this, and I got the Holy Spirit. So I had to have that spiritual talk. I had to go to the scriptures and say, God, I ask your forgiveness, because I know I'm wrong. Give me the strength to do what I need to do. Live in harmony with one another, he says. Don't be proud, but be humble. Don't pay back, but be honorable. Live at peace with everyone as much as possible. Your next villain, because of this... Because of salvation, because of the Holy Spirit, we can strive to live for peace. I don't know if I put love, but love for peace. But I, I have lived down there. I'll, I'll take the blame on that one. But I have lived for peace. You know, you should love peace anyway. Okay, but uh, strike. <laughs> we need to strike to live. We need to strike to have peace. Strive to have peace as our goal. Now I want to be clear here. Society would say be a peacekeeper. peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is this. I'm not going to go there and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Now, a lot of times God will tell you to do that. But there's times <coughs> God tells you to speak the truth and love Christians. 
Investment, it talks about give a reason for the hope that you have yet with gentleness and peace. There's a time to speak. I think there's more time not to speak. He gives us two ears and one mouth. And when we're dealing with people, we need to listen to their story and then share our story and share his story. Because so many times we're worried about what we're going to say. But there's a time to speak. And we need to speak in love. And, and we, go, we, we go back to this. We need to live for peace. We need to strive for godly peace. In other words, you need to pick your battles. I have to always ask the question, is this going to matter 100 years from now? And I'm thankful that I have a wonderful wife that when I'm ready to go off, she kind of like throws water on me, maybe physically or whatever. It's like, hey, you need to go over in that corner and get yourself together and then we'll talk. Okay, I'm talking about it. I'm not talking about it with her and I as much, but, you know, sometimes when I'm spinning. But um, how, how do we do this? We do it by faith and we do it. Hebrews 11, 13 says this. These all died in faith. Oh, they had not received these things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed them that were foreigners and temporary residents on earth. This is why peace on earth will happen, and that our salvation has not been fulfilled. We're looking towards the final sound, but we know how it ends. And he says nothing's going to separate us. We need to be listening to the final sound, not looking at the immediate. Satan wants you to look at the immediate. Because when we look at the immediate, we go off, we do our own thing, we make excuses, we compromise, we don't go for final peace. We've got to look for it, we've got to greet it, we've got to confess it, that this world is not our home. The shepherds did it, the disciples did it. We see Simeon in the Christmas story in Luke 2, verses 25 through 32. He, uh, he had waited in the temple, and now he sees the coming of Christ and the fulfillment. He waited for that peace. There was a man in Jerusalem, his name was Simeon. This, was, uh, this, was, uh, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Remember, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit then. The Holy Spirit would come upon people. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform for him what was customary on the law, Simeon took him in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared in the presence of his people a life for revelation of the Gentiles and a glory to your people, Israel. We need to be Simeon, Christians. We know how it's going to end. It's already been fulfilled. He can come today anytime. But yet we're in the middle of, oh, it's not too peaceful. I didn't get what I want, or this person's upset, or, you know, whatever. got to wait for that final sound. Your next villain, in with the example of Simeon, look towards and, and lead others to peace. Look towards it. Lead others to peace. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. Pick your battles. I'm going to tell you right now, I describe myself as a soft stone wall where it doesn't matter. Okay, and I'm not going to try to hit you over the head. But where it does matter, I'm not going to move. And it's not because of Russell. I don't care what I want. But I do care what God wants. And you know what? Let's just get real here for a minute. We can play around and say there's many ways. And we don't know what's going to happen. But you know you know when we die? But I think there's a lot of intelligent people that have walked with God and interacted with God sitting in this room. And they realize it wouldn't take nothing for their journey 
And, and if, if this all was fake, if this all was false, is your life any worse? That Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So that baby in a manger that grew up to be a man, that died, was buried, and rose from the dead, either he was a liar, a lunatic, or he told the truth. And you know what? I'm going with Jesus. Amen. Because this world, out of all the other religions, it's not about religion, it's relationships, out of all the other things that are offered, nothing gives us hope, nothing gives us grace, nothing gives us forgiveness, because glory to God, and God's favor, his grace, not all who will choose it. We need to look towards and we need to lead others to peace this Christmas and every day. My mom, she's probably going to be watching this, so I've got to be careful what I say. Okay, but she, you know, she fell two weeks ago. She'll hopefully get home Wednesday. And, you know, I'm, I'm just watching her from a distance. In the, she was in the emergency room, and she was in the hospital, and now she's in the rehab hospital. Everywhere, man, she, she knows she's got this, this captive audience that's wheeling her around, and she starts asking about Jesus. <laughs> you know, okay, that's, that's an 80-year-old lady with a broken hip in the hospital, what's your excuse? Don't want you to feel bad, I want you to feel burdened. We have the hope. Today, this season, this is what it's about. That final sound. The last words of the song, I want to ask you today, we'll have a time of invitation here in a moment. Do you hear the bells that ring? Peace on earth. The light, the angels singing, peace on earth. Open your heart and hear them. Peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Notice what it said. Open your heart and hear them. So what does that mean for everybody here? Some of you, you haven't received the peace of Jesus Christ saving you. Come forward, talk to us afterwards, unwrap that gift. You have to do it. It's been there the whole time. Receive Christ. And you will know where you're going. You'll start a relationship. You'll have the power of the Holy Spirit. But for the rest of us Christians, like I had to have my little talk with God the other day, have you been hearing the final sound of peace on earth? Have you been doing your part? Have you been obeying God? Because a lot of us are going into family situations and times that are tense. And we need the Holy Spirit. And they need the Holy Spirit. And we've got to be, we've got to hear the sound of peace on earth, goodwill, grace towards men. As we stand on our feet, no one looking around, we 